Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. Jesus, we set our hope on you. God, there is nothing in us that can weather the storms of life. We face Goliath. There's rising water ahead of us. It feels insurmountable. It feels heavy. We're tired, God. You are the God who parts the waters. You are the God who calms the seas. You are the God who raises dead things to life. You are the God who brings power and authority and we stake our hope on you. We are strangers here and we need the hope of heaven. God, we lean into you today. You are the same God. We can fully put all of our weight, all of our trust, all of our hope, all of our joy, all of our admiration on you. You are worthy. You do not change. Yesterday, today, and forever, you don't change. We lean into you, King Jesus, today. In your name we pray. Amen. I'll go ahead and have a seat. Whoo, I'm just gonna use some Kleenex here for a moment if you wanna mute me. <laughs> that was, man, that was some powerful worship and I needed it, guys. I don't know about you, but um, I'm gonna just jump right into my message because it ties in so well to this. We are strangers here. We're in this series, Strangers Here, right? Where we are not made for earth the way that it was the way that it is right now. We were made for perfect unity and holiness and beauty and togetherness with Jesus at all times. And instead, we're this side of the broken earth and we're not made for this. We're made for the kingdom of heaven. We are made for Christ's kingdom, right? And when we're in the midst of this, sometimes it's really, really easy to look at all of the hardship around us and just get really discouraged. Is this all there is? God. Like, I mean, come on now. Like this, this is hard. Is this really all there is? We, we like shut down cause it's heavy. And if I'm completely honest, I was there this week on Tuesday. I don't know if anybody else would attest to having a spiral. Um, Mackenzie Carter calls it, it's all coming to the front. It just all feels heavy. But on Tuesday I was spiraling downwards. And honestly, this morning I was spiraling downwards because it's just been a lot. Our kids have been sick for what seems like forever. It's really only been since October, but since October, y'all, somebody in our house has been sick. And and then Christmas Eve services, like we're, you know, Brandon is the guy playing guitar there and he's my husband and we have four kids. And on Christmas Eve, I'm getting my kids ready to come to church, right? And I find my daughter hunched over the sink in the bathroom, wincing in pain. And I'm like, what is going on? We took her to the ER on Christmas Eve because she fractured her rib from coffee. Who does that? I love you. I'm sorry. But, uh, but like, I was like, Lord, what is going on? 
And then Brandon was sick for all of Christmas break, y'all. The stomach bug hit our house. And I'm, I'm like, we're get, just getting back into the school week and everything. And, and I'm preaching this week. And I'm like, uncle, okay, Jesus, uncle, like I'm tired. Can we have a break? And if I'm not really focusing on the fact that I am just a stranger here, I can get really depressed real quick. I can spiral downward and be like, God, what are you doing? Is this all there is? This is so hard and so heavy. But y'all, we were not made for here. This is not our home. This is a light and momentary thing. And like Pastor Carter preached about last week, like we're gonna encounter trials of various kinds, but we're gonna push through it with the help of Jesus. So today we're gonna dive back into 1 Peter and we're gonna look at... um, some of the three things that Peter's starting this book off with and saying like, listen, if you are a citizen of Christ's kingdom, if you have made Jesus the leader of your life and the forgiver of your sins, here are some things that should be true about you. Now, listen, y'all, I have a lot of scripture to cover. So we're gonna just push right through. Sound good? Is that good? Okay, here we go. So we are in 1 Peter chapter one. We're gonna read verse 13 and then we're gonna end in chapter two, verse three, but we're gonna start right here in verse 13. Therefore, I'm a citizen of Christ's kingdom, so I'm gonna be holy by grace is our first point. Let's see what, why. Verse 13, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. And as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy. Somebody say that. So be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, I grew up in a church where if you saw the word therefore, you're supposed to say, therefore, find out what it's there for. Okay, so the beginning of that. Again, the whole reason he's saying therefore, going back to Pastor Carter's message last week, you're encountering trials of various kinds. You need to be stalwart. You need to stand and set your hope fully on the grace of God because there's a lot of trials that you're going to encounter. You need to remember who you serve. You need to remember what God has called you. So we need to look forward to grace. Now, what is grace? Okay, if you're, if you're new to church or haven't, you know, like maybe you've heard grace, like, yo, there's grace for that. You just, you know, keep napping. It'll be fine. There's grace for that. Like, you know, just leave the dog poop in the backyard for a little bit longer. There's grace for that. It's okay. No, no, no. The grace of God that we're talking about is an unmerited favor bestowed to you and I by a righteous king. And he says, listen, it doesn't matter what you did. I'm calling you holy. I am stamping on you the name holy because I am holy, you're mine, you're holy too. That is grace. It is a free gift. There's no strings attached, but it cannot be earned. It can only be received. It is undeserved. If you get something for your work, well, that's a wage, but no, a gift cannot be a wage. It is something we get as a free gift and it is not a license. It does not just give us like, hey, there's grace, so I'm just gonna walk in sin. No, 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 it is grace, and out of grace, if I am going to be walking in grace, then I'm gonna be walking in holiness. I'm gonna be linked to Jesus and go, no, 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 I need to behave like what he's called me to behave, right? So we don't wanna get lost in the muck and the mire. 
stuck in the heaviness of all the grief, the grief of various trials. But there's going to be a battle in us to just believe that there's no hope for change. Or maybe there's going to be a battle within us to be like, well, I guess this just is the way that it is. So, all right, I'll just flow. Let's just roll with it. You know, okay, whatever. But no, instead, Peter tells us to set our hope on grace. Grace tells us that any hope that we have at all is and only has ever been in the person of Jesus. And we get to receive the fullness of Jesus when he's revealed either by his second coming or by the day that we get to walk home to Jesus in death. It's so good. Now, what is this be holy? Why is this important? Well, holiness is an actual requirement. Did you see that? Be holy because I am holy. It's a, it's a, this is what you're supposed to do. Be holy. Because I am holy, be holy. And it's something he's given us. And it's the word hagios. And this word holy, it means a most holy thing. Something that is set apart. Something that is sacred. It has been consecrated as a beautiful thing for a beautiful work. Now I have this, um, it's, it's certainly not the most beautiful, um, but it's this little silver plate. It says, by his hand we are fed, give us, Lord, our daily bread. It was given to us as a wedding gift. I honestly have no idea who gave it to us because there was no name or tag on it, but it's one of my favorite things. And it's one of my favorite things because when I bring bread to my table, I don't know about you, sorry, gluten-free people, but a piece of bread is like, yes, Lord, right? Okay, and so I, if you're on Instagram, there's like this whole big, like everybody should make sourdough and everybody should be making their own bread by themselves. And I've bought into that and I'm not a starter dough person, but if you have a starter and you wanna share some with me, I will totally take some of your starter and work on that. But um, I have made some bread and I love it. And what I love about bread is that it takes intentionality. I have to set aside a good amount of time to make bread. And I also have to think about it way ahead of time because you can't just make bread like that unless you buy an instant bread box. And that's not really the same thing. So when I bring bread to my table and I place it in this tray, it is a holy offering to my family. It is a beautiful, here you go, I worked hard on this. And this tray is a beautiful holy thing because it is holding the thing that I worked so hard on and it is an offering to my family, right? So this tray is symbolizing, just like you and I, the holiness that we have because God is placing his beauty, his bread in us. But what if, while I'm dog sitting, I take this tray outside and I use it to pick up the dog poop. Is that what this tray was made for? No, and that's gross. Like, that's just gross, right? Okay, so this tray was made to hold something beautiful, but if I put something disgusting in it, is that valuing the tray for its purpose? No, but how often do you and I, as a beautiful, sacred, set-apart, holy thing, put all kinds of dog poop in us. Oh, what about the things that we're watching? How much sex, violence, and gore, and vulgar language are we allowing to permeate our minds and change who we are on the inside? 
How about the relationships that you have at work and those conversations that are either really bickery or really gossipy, or maybe they're just downright lewd and you're still sticking in that conversation? Is that holy? Are you putting poop in your tray? What about young people? When you're scrolling through TikTok and something really inappropriate comes up and you know it's really inappropriate, but instead of going past it really quick, you like sit in it for a little bit. Guys, God has called us holy. He has called us set apart. He has stamped that on you because when you call Jesus the leader of your life and the forgiver of your sins, he's saying, listen, you are mine. I'm making you holy. Why are you debasing yourself with this gross stuff? You are a set apart one. I want you to be holy. Listen, God has a plan for you. You and I cannot just Ooh, I'm going to be holy. No, no, no. We need to what? Set our hope on grace. Set our hope on grace. Because in and of ourselves, we are made to just, we're, we just, this is just what we do. We just slide into sin. Just little compromises along the way. We just slide into sin. But God is saying, no, you are a set apart one. I want you to be holy like I am holy. So that is, that's the what. That's really what we should be as citizens of Christ's kingdom. But why should we be that way? What is, what is so important? Well, let's, I'm glad you asked. Let's keep going. Verse 17, it says, Since you call it a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed, from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And he was chosen from the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake, for your sake. And through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorify him so that your faith and hope are in God. Y'all, why do we need to be holy? Because we have an impartial father who laid himself down as perfect and imperishable blood and made a way so that you and I could be redeemed so that we didn't have to be filled with poop. We could be a holy, set apart, beautiful thing. Sorry that I've said poop so much. Grace, amen. Send my hope on grace right there. We are a set apart thing because we have a holy God. And we need to live our lives in reverent fear because listen, y'all, if we keep going and filling ourselves with gross things, then we're not behaving as the holy set-apart thing that God has called us to be. And it's essentially like saying, you know, I know that you sacrificed yourself for me. I don't care. I don't really need it. I think I'll just choose hell. That sounds about right. I'd rather that. It's crazy. Okay, I, about a month ago, you may have heard the story of Brittany Griner. She's a WNBA player, and she was going to play in Russia. And Russia, Poland? Oh, golly. Russia, thank you. My goodness gracious. And on her way there, she brought something in her package that she shouldn't have, and she got um, she got arrested and she actually stayed in prison there for a very long time. Well, there was in the works trying to get her to come back and she 
in July. Okay, so she gets arrested in February. In July, they start to have talks. In October, they finally work it out what they're going to do. It wasn't until December that she finally got free and finally came back to America. And that picture is her like, really? Am I really like, I'm, I'm really on my way back to America? Like I really get to be free again? Guys, what if when, you know, the Secretary of State's office called and started these negotiations, she was like, I'm good. I like prison. This sounds good. I'm, I'm okay. I don't need your help. No, no, no. She was elated because she was not meant for there. She was meant for America. And you and I, guys, God set in motion this beautiful redemption story and he called you out. And it wasn't with perishable things. It wasn't with airplanes and it wasn't with thousands of dollars and it wasn't with military men. No, it was the imperishable, never changing, beautiful blood of God that was spread for you and I so that you and I could come back and be brought together so that we could have eternity with heaven in heaven with God it's not perishable and Brittany Griner could get arrested tomorrow our salvation can never be revoked it was a one-time thing Jesus did it it can never be taken back it is done and his rescue story brings you and I back together now there's some caveats here it says Father God, that he judges impartially. He judges us based on our own actions, y'all. So praise the Lord. I'm not judged against my husband because he's a really good man and I'm horrible in my mind sometimes. I'm not judged against the president. I'm not judged against my neighbor. I'm not judged against somebody else who I might think is holier than me. I'm judged against Jesus. I'm judged against the perfect Jesus. You are judged against the perfect Jesus. And the good thing about that is he already said, I got you. I got you. So you're covered. I have you. I have created you and I have redeemed you. I paid the ultimate unchanging imperishable price for you. So we should live in reverent fear because he created us, because he pulled us out from eternal damnation not just some prison in Russia, but eternal damnation. We should live in reverence to him. We should value that wild rescue mission that he set in motion. God's plan all along was to make you and I, to bring us back as citizens of Christ's kingdom. And it's all God's grace. It's all God's grace that we get to be with him at all. And it's all God's grace that we get to walk with him. So we should live with reverence and gratitude for the wild grace of God. So our what is that we need to be holy by grace. Our why is because we have an awesome father who brought us back from eternal damnation and he says, I wanna be with you and I judge you not on your imperfection, I judge you on my son. And number three, our how, okay, Peter, how do we do this? Like, I can't be holy. Well, number three is we grow through God's word. We grow through God's word. So let's jump in to verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. Okay, so you were like, yes, God, I agree. You are perfect. I am not perfect. I need you. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers. Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. 
For all men are like grass. All their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this, this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of any kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up into salvation. Somebody say, grow up. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Listen, you and I, if we've made Jesus the leader of our lives and the forgiver of our sins, we are citizens of a new kingdom and you have been called born again. The old has passed away. Now behold, the new has come. You are different. You are a brand new thing. You have a new name, holy, a new title, his, and you have a new way of living. And since you have that, I love, I love when writers use words like that, where you're like, huh, that's a little bit different. Like the word of God, or since you have that, I'm like, oh, there's emphasis there. What does this mean? Can I nerd out with you just a little bit? Okay. I really, really love to look back at the original Hebrew and the original Greek because English, it's just not as good, okay? So that verse that Peter is quoting, the grass withers and the flowers fade, that's actually from Deuteronomy. And when that's read, or sorry, oh, that's wrong. I said that wrong. Isaiah 40, it's from Isaiah 40. And the chapter Isaiah 40 is all a prophecy about the coming Messiah, And so when God is saying these words through the prophet Isaiah, it's using the Greek words, debar Elohim kum olam. And it means divine communication from God established to antiquity. So the word of God, debar Elohim, it is divine communication from God. It's beautiful and it's holy and it's established and it goes on forever. And that's so cool. The holy word delivered through the prophets of God. It's something to be mindful of, to chew on, to remember it is fixed and goes on forever. But when Peter quotes it, he uses different Greek words. And he says, the word of the Lord stands forever. He says, rhema kairos meno. And that means the living word of the master remains. God's word was established and it goes on forever, but you and I, that word that was preached to you is a living being in the man of Jesus Christ and it comes into you. And not only does it come into you, but it just like a seed, it doesn't perish. It goes and it goes and it grows and it grows and it grows and it keeps doing in you things that you could never do by yourself. You and I have the rhema kairos, word of God, living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, useful for teaching, rebuking, training and correcting and righteousness. Guys, this is the word that was spoken to you and I. It keeps going. It's the thing that is sufficient to grow you. It's the thing that's sufficient to keep you holy. It's the thing that's sufficient to remind you, your mercies are new every morning. I'm just going to quote scripture. Your mercies are new every morning. I don't feel like it right now, but your mercies are new every morning. If I live by the word, Jesus even said, man does not live on bread alone but by every word from the mouth of God. 
When we stick into God's word, when we remain saturated with him, craving pure spiritual milk, he does what only he can do and he changes us from the inside out. Whew, thanks for letting me nerd out there for a little bit. So, since you have that, the living word of God, you have no room for these. You have no room for malice. You have no room for deceit. You have no room for hypocrisy or envy or slander of any kind. No, no, no. You and I are born again. And like a brand new newborn baby, we need to crave spiritual milk. Can you put up um, a picture of my daughter, Louise? So we have four, four kids. This is our youngest. She's now two and a half. But this was her on day two. And she's this teensy, tiny little thing. And with all of my kids, as soon as I could nurse them, I tried to nurse them right away. And she, I nursed her instantly. And we were actually in the hospital a little bit longer for some other things. But she nursed like a champ. And if you have had children and you've seen people nurse children, it's miraculous, guys, that the body that God created can feed another another human and like make it. And so now just four months later, here's another picture of her, massive chunk. This kid has not had any other food other than being nursed. Milk is sufficient. God's word is sufficient to grow you up into all things. It is sufficient to grow you up into all things. All that my little girl needed for the first four months of her life was milk. We supplemented as time went by, but all of my kids nursed until a year and you and I, we don't need to stop nursing at a year. No, 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 we need to keep feeding on God's word. We need to keep remaining, craving that pure spiritual milk. And can I just pause for a second? Pure spiritual milk means you and I need to be in the word by ourselves. Bless the Lord for Sunday mornings. Bless the Lord for midweek meetings. Bless the Lord for podcasts. All of that is awesome. But if you are not devouring God's word by yourself, it's not gonna sustain you. If you went to a restaurant one day a week and had somebody else make you food and that's all that you ate for the week, would that be enough to get you through the week? No, y'all, we need to be craving pure spiritual milk and be just like dependent upon it. It's the only thing. Now, crave pure, pure spiritual milk. You're a new thing and you need milk to grow. So the why, why does he say that's so important? So that by it, you may grow up in salvation. He wants us to grow up into salvation. It's not just a one-time thing. Yes, you can pray the sinner's prayer and you can make Jesus the leader of your life and the forgiver of your sins, but we need to grow up in our salvation. I think of it kind of like when you, the day you get married, it's a really special day, right? It's a beautiful day. But that is not the end of your marriage. No, your marriage is the working out of that relationship for the rest of your life until you, one of you goes home, right? Same thing. When we talk, when we link our arms with Jesus and we say, no, I wanna be a citizen of your kingdom, we make that first decision, but then we need to be working it out day in and day out, remaining in his scripture, craving that pure spiritual milk because it works out our salvation. It helps us conform evermore to the image of Jesus who is perfect so that we can be holy like he is holy. Now, I've been reading um, To Go to Sleep at Night, the book of 
in the Chronicles of Narnia series, the Narnia series, there is a book, The Horse and His Boy. And that's like a lesser known book. I don't know that many people read it. They kind of read um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and maybe they read Prince Caspian, but The Horse and His Boy is kind of less known. But the whole point of this book is there's a young man named Shasta, and he lives in this city of Kalorman, and the whole city is broken down, and it's really bad, and it's, it's, he, he lives with a fisherman that he calls dad, but he treats him horribly, and he knows, like, this is not where I'm meant to be. This, this just doesn't seem right, and it's really, it's really horrible, and the king is just mean, and man, this stinks. I really don't like it here. I think I'm made for something else. And one day, one of the king's army men comes and he talks to the father and says, I want to buy your son and have him be my slave. And Shasta goes, I don't want none of that. So he makes a plan and he actually goes to steal the horse of this military guy. And he makes his way north because he's heard wonderful tales of this nation called Narnia, where everyone is free and it's beautiful. So he makes his way and he encounters all kinds of trials as time goes on and he almost dies of, um, without water. The, there's like lions that try to attack him and chase him and it's really hard. And at one point he gets mistaken for a prince of a, of a local nation. And he's like, no, I am not a prince of a local nation. But as he continues to make his way to Narnia, he's actually found out to be the twin the long lost twin of the prince of another nation. And Shasta, once stuck in the muck and the mire of Kalorman, is now completely transformed and gets new clothes. And he's no longer Shasta, he's Kor. And he is actually now the heir to the throne because the twin didn't want it. You and I are made for a different kingdom. Our hearts will never be satisfied here. And God wants us to step in now to the authority that he's given us. He wants us to step in now to the name holy that he's placed over us. He wants us now to remain in his word, to look at it like it's the only thing that will satisfy the desires of my heart. Because he saved us and he's redeemed us and you and I are his. So let's walk. Let's behave like citizens of Christ's kingdom. Let's be holy by grace because we can't do it of our own works. Let's revere the awesome gift that God has given us and live with gratitude. Let's grow in God's word. So join the grove. <laughs> Little tiny plug there. Y'all, would you pray with me? Jesus, in and of ourselves, we've got nothing. In and of ourselves, life is really hard and it feels easy to give up. But God, know today we wanna, we wanna stake our foot. We wanna place our foot solidly on your word. We wanna set our hope on grace today because you are the same God. And if you've promised that you will come back and redeem us to yourself, then Jesus, we want to live holy. We want to live set apart like you've called us to be. Holy Spirit, the rhema word of God living and active inside of us, would you cause us to fall in love with you? Would you cause us to make choices that honor you and that bring you glory? And God, would you help us 
to grab other people along the way as we make our way to the new kingdom, to the beautiful kingdom of Christ. Would you help us to encourage others along that same path, to bring them along with us? There's plenty of room. We love you, Lord. Be glorified. In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. If you don't have a home church and you're looking for a Bible preaching community that has its heart set on passionately knowing Jesus and being his witness in our generation, check out Fierce.Church. We'd love for you to join us either digitally or in person. Also, if you're looking for leadership development related content, don't forget to check out the Fierce Leadership Podcast available wherever you get your podcast from. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not subscribe, share it with your friends, click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on social media or wherever you would share such things. Whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Jesus loves you so much, and we love you. I hope someday we get to meet in person. Thanks again for listening.